Hey there, podcast fans. It is your favorite podcast and your favorite podcast host, Barbara Bray. Hello there, Mom. Hi, Andrew. You didn't say your name. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They've, if they're listening, they've gotten used to me being your son and being your number one fan. Well, you're my number one fan. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't get a lot of time together. So this is always a joy for me. And yeah. actually, I've had... You might like this, Andrew. I've had a lot of people say, I just love listening to the two of you in the beginning of all of the podcasts. We'll make like a monster collection of it and I'll turn the volume down. And it'll be like something soothing people can listen to before they go to bed. Oh. No. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 please. No. <laughs> the soothing sounds of the Bray family. <laughs> So tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about what you're, uh, the conversation you're excited to share with us today. Oh gosh, you're going to make me laugh. All right. Today we're talking with Vernon Wright. I've known Vernon online for a long time and it was something we've both been wanting to do this talk forever. So Vernon, he's the founder of the Zero Apology Zone and but he also has this great way and a wonderful voice of sharing pro tips and exciting ideas. And so he did in this podcast. Wait, do you hear? He always says, bring your pencil out. <laughs> There's going to be lots of great ideas. So listen to me and Vernon Wright. We've got two excited educators. Folks, turn your brains on, everybody. And enjoy the conversation with Barbara Bray and Vernon Wright. Hi, everyone. I am really excited. I've been wanting this amazing person on my show for, I think, years. Vernon Wright. Hi, Vernon. Hello, hello. And uh, not only hello to you, Barbara, but really to everyone out there that is listening to this, whether they uh, are a longtime follower of your podcast or somebody that's new to the space. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, thank you all for having me in the learning space with you. Looking forward to uh, all of the epiphanies and pro tips <laughs> that uh, I feel are probably going to be dropped today. Well, I know they will from you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me introduce you to my audience because, uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot that know you, but I just want to just boast about you. Is that okay? You're very gracious, ma'am. Very, very <laughs> gracious. I'm humbled by that. Humbled and honored. Uh, so Vernon Wright is an entrepreneur, a speaker, life coach, consultant, and leader, and the person with the biggest smile ever. I love it. <laughs> uh, do you know that Vernon has over, I think it's more than 17 years now of experience in education. Yeah, we're approaching approaching two decades. I thought so. Oh my gosh, I wonder where I got that. I, you've been working in large urban school districts and previously served in the roles of teacher, teacher leader, campus leadership team member, district level support. You have, you're a consultant, you're at American College of Education and you have the Zero Apology Zone there's so much more. I can't wait till we talk. Well, once again, let me go ahead and say that uh, I am humbled and I am honored 
to be in the space with you all. Of course, yes, a little shout out to ACE, American College of Education. If you have not visited that website, ace.edu, and so grateful for them uh, choosing to have me on their main landing page. So privileged and honored too, as well, to have lived just really um, some through some great experiences in those different roles that you shared. And uh, really, if you think about it, kind of going back a little ways and coming up to now, the sum of all of that has brought me to where we are today right now. I know. And well, we're both on Twitter, so I'm constantly tweeting you out. (laughs) And we talked before, so I was so excited when you mentioned some things. So one of the big things that, you know, because I'm into the why, and, you know, you've told me your story, and we're going to talk about your story, but what is that big why, the purpose that's there? Yeah, what a great question. And thank you so much for uh, asking that question. It's one that I've been asked quite often um, in person and just in different spaces and on different podcasts as well. And I simply say it this way. I am here to go ahead and elevate others and elevate others in alignment with my vision and my mission. And so many, 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 many moons ago, I really came to the realization, the epiphany, if you will, the revelation, if you will, that uh, my being here on this earth was about a whole lot more than just me. That's when I uh, came across, and I believe that there are no coincidences, uh, there are no uh, situations that just happened. Um, there's always a plan. And, and I want to share this with you all that, that are listening to this. Your being here in this spot right now is not a coincidence. It's not a happenstance. It's part of your destiny. And so I came across a quote from the late, great Zig Ziglar. And he's a great individual. And, and I'm going to paraphrase. And, but basically, he says this, you can get everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want in life. And, and so when I heard that quote, it just really resonated with me deeply. And I, I really thought about, wow, um, dedicating my life to helping others be elevated. And so that's what I have done in my professional and personal life is really commit to that. And uh, what an honor and a privilege to be a part of that in so many people's um, lives. It really has been amazing and uh, so humbled and honored for that. Of course, you mentioned zeroapologyzone.com. For those that are out there and you, you might want to ask or you might want to know, man, when when Vernon is at the gym or he's doing something else, like what does he wear? And typically I wear my gear. Uh, <laughs> so you can go to zeroapologyzone.com and check that out. And uh, just so humbled and so honored to be with you all. Oh, thank you, Vernon. In fact, we'll talk about Zero Apology Zone later. I want to kind of get a background of kind of how you got to some of the, you know, like a a short overview of you. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go into more detail because you told me some of the things and I, you know, just touched my heart. Uh, I just. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Thank you again for asking the question. So for those that uh, may not necessarily know, so uh, of course, went to the university, as some people call it. I went to college uh, many, many, many moons ago, graduated with an economics and finance degree. And I was really focused on kind of getting out in the business world, did that for a while. 
very blessed and very uh, grateful for the years that I spent in that, uh, in the financial services space. Got to a point, got to a point where it was kind of like, you know, hey, do I want to go ahead and uh, pursue my MBA uh, or do I want to go in a different direction? And so uh, I really wasn't jazzed about pursuing an MBA, had been accepted into some MBA programs, but just really wasn't jazzed about that. And so what uh, I had seen before in the corporate world was from a training perspective, people doing training, and that really resonated with me. And so I jumped over into teaching and I said, well, you know, hey, I'll, I'll hang out in teaching for a couple of years, maybe, you know, maybe two, maybe three years at the most. And uh, I'll go ahead and stay there until I transition into what I think will be, you know, my career uh, or what will be my life's work. And so uh, how many of you know that when you encounter a situation like that and you're thinking maybe two to three years, it could become a lifetime. <laughs> and, uh, and so I got over into education. I was one of what they call one of those job changers. So if we have any job changers out there, salute to you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, got into it about year two, ladies and gentlemen. And so I was in a big district at the time, this, this district, I don't want to name the district, but about 150 to 160,000 students at the time. And the school I was at was a high school, about 2,500 students at the time. And um, I got into about year two of it. And uh, people started coming up to me and they they started asking me, hey, do you have any aspirations beyond the classroom? And uh, my response was, no, thank you. Uh, I'm just <laughs> going to do this teaching thing for a minute or two. And uh, I'm probably you know, going to go ahead and transition out to some other career. And uh, so, you know, a few people asked me that in year two. And, and I thought it quite interesting because I was kind of like, you know, I'm just trying to kind of figure things out <laughs> with this mm -hmm. teaching thing. Like, why are these people coming to ask me? And uh, then more people started asking me in year two. Mm -hmm. And then in year three, more people started asking me. But this time, even more administrators. I will never forget, fast forward a little ways down the road, I was sitting in a, in a conference, a summative, an evaluation, some people might call that. And uh, sitting in there with my administrator at the time, she has long since retired, a great, great, great individual. She retired many years ago. And um, I remember sitting there with her and, and she basically said, you know what, Mr. Wright, you've done everything that you can do in this spot without going back to school. And so what she didn't know was that my late father uh, at the time, he was really impressing upon me this idea of going back to school and uh, to get my master's. And uh, when those two things happened, and she never, ever knew my father. My father never, ever knew her. They never talked. And um, I want to say this right now for someone that's listening and for everyone that's listening, especially if this applies to you in a situation you're going through. When you have something like that happen, where two people are speaking to the same thing from two different perspectives, that might just be confirmation, folks. So for <laughs> me, sharing of my own story, that was confirmation. And uh, I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and go back to school. Now, interesting tidbit, interesting fact, right? Because there's always a plan. There's always a plan behind the scenes that maybe we don't necessarily see. When I went back to school, that school was American College of Education. Oh. And uh, went through that. And that's how I became an administrative intern, started working on my master's in leadership and 
kind of went through the different stages. And so um, that has brought me to now. I will say this because people have asked me, and of course, you and I have talked about this offline a little bit as well before we started the show. People have asked me, you know, Vernon, how, how do you get, how did you get started in speaking? Like, how did this happen? And uh, many, many moons ago at that, that first high school that I worked at, I had a gentleman, he has long since retired, gentleman come out from central office and observe me. That was part of his normal routine to observe different teachers at different campuses. And so he came out, he observed me. And so we kind of did a debrief a day or two later. And he asked me, he said, well, you know, Mr. Wright, what did you think about that? And I was kind of like, well, I, th- I thought it was okay. I hope I didn't get in trouble with the with the central office guy, with a central office person, right? Because that's kind of where where my thinking was at the time. Again, this was around about year three or so. He he looked at me and he basically said, and I'm I'm going to paraphrase her a little bit. You were great. I really liked what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of looked at him and I was like, uh, "Excuse me, are you talking about me, sir?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I'm talking about you." And so. Um, fast forward a little bit, he asked me to start becoming involved in, uh, in some district level PD. And so I started kind of doing that. And so I tell a funny story, uh, and, uh, I trust that your listeners will enjoy this. And this is kind of where my mindset was at the time and where my thinking was, because I was still kind of in that, that role of being what I call a content consumer. So we were planning for this PD and he was telling me, he said, Hey, I want you to kind of do maybe a 30 minute or hour section of this. And I said, okay, sure. That's fine. And so I asked him, I said, uh, well, you know, sir, um, we as teachers have to have X number of hours of professional development each year. And um, if I'm doing this session with you, how do I get hours for the session? (laughs) And uh, he started laughing and he said, and he looked at me and he simply said this, you are the PD. (laughs) hours. And so uh, it's humorous and it's funny. And I kind of poke fun at myself by telling a story, but that was really like one of those moments that really Mm -hmm. was a moment of a great epiphany. And so then I started to realize and understand that, you know what, Vernon, you have been in this space Mm -hmm. of always being the person that was sitting out there in the audience, but now your life is starting to transition and transform to being the person at the front of the room. And so um, I tell that story and I share that. And really, I want to say this as I share that is there may be someone listening to this right now and you may be going through the same exact experience Mm -hmm. where you're transitioning from being someone that's out in the audience to maybe being something, being someone, I should say, pardon me, that is in the front of the room. And uh, I just want to encourage you and tell you to Uh, As some would say in our profession, lean in and go in fully into that role. And so over time, got into doing things, obviously, beyond the campus level at the district level. Then at the district level, was encouraged to go ahead and pursue things at the regional level. Uh, Did some different things at the regional level, was encouraged to go ahead and do some things at the state level, did some things at the state level, Mm. and um, have been blessed over the years to do things beyond the state level. It's a wonderful story and it's been, but it didn't come easy. But I do like when you talked to me earlier about teachers tend to be content consumers. They're told what to do. And here you are in a different position to become a content producer. But teachers are content producers and they don't. So what you're doing is modeling that for them. And it's just, that's where kind of the mentor came in. Is that when it started or? 
Well, you know, I will tell you this, and and uh, great place to take notes, folks, if you have not already. Uh, <laughs> and those that have heard me on different shows, and again, so humbled and honored to be on your show. Thank you so much, Barbara. Um, those that have, have heard me on different podcasts before, you know that I have a tendency sometimes to drop pro tips. Uh, and so this is a great place where I'm going to drop one. When you realize who you are as a content producer, when you realize that, you start to draw connections and connect dots. And one of those dots is, as a content producer, typically, there could be some exceptions, but typically people that are content producers are also mentors to some degree. Mm-hmm. And so they're already functioning in that role. How many of you have functioned in a role you just didn't know what that role was called at the time? And so as you're functioning in that role and you're in that, you find out, oh, well, I've already kind of been doing this. And so really that emanates, that emanates. And I really like that word emanate because it um, mm-hmm. is so descriptive and it has such a great connotation to it and conveys so well. It emanates from this place of understanding and seeing something bigger than yourself. Let me say that again. Great place to take notes. It emanates from that place of seeing something bigger than yourself and committing your life to that. And that really brings us back full circle to really sitting down and saying, you know what? I commit my life to elevating others. And as I do that and I elevate others, I am as well elevated and it gives us great purpose. I know, Barbara, you, you, you have talked quite often uh, and done just such a marvelous job of talking about people's why, of them connecting with their why. And um, yeah, that, just great. I mean, I could, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> That's okay. This is all about you. <laughs> so I'm really, because, you know, everything you're talking about, it's, I, I can really connect with it because I've been a mentor. I've done some of the same journeys as you. And it's really difficult for teachers that are in a role where they feel like they don't have any power. They they have they have to meet certain requirements or mandates. And um I always feel like, is there a way that they can find that why? you know, the, and, and also be a mentor and like, cause everyone feels better when they can help someone else and, and be there for someone else. Yeah. And I will say this to anyone that's out there right now and you're listening to this and, uh, you know, speaking to what you just shared, Barbara, and it's such a great point. People would say, well, you know what I'm, I'm um, which I think is really not telling the full story at all. When people say, quote unquote, I'm just a teacher. And I want to share something with folks. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. And, uh, and that's, and, and I'm, you know, every time I hear that, I'm just like, well, no, you're, you're so short selling yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is no thing, such thing as quote unquote, just a teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not the case. And I want to share this right now in this moment. And again, great place to take notes. If you're not taking notes already, you know, you do not come into the space of this podcast with Barbara without <laughs> having something to take notes with. Of course, as I've said before, another podcast, if you are driving or otherwise operating heavy machinery, please do not take notes. <laughs> do that <laughs> later on, come back to this, replay it. But if you are able to safely take notes, a great place to go ahead and take notes uh, is here. And it is simply this, 
For those that have read the book, The Five Levels of Leadership by John C. Maxwell, phenomenal book, one of my all-time favorite books. And I simply say this, if you have influence, you are a leader. If you have influence, you have power. Let me say that again. If you have influence, you are a leader. If you have influence, you have power. And so there are some people that uh, they have what they deem as, quote unquote, authority or power from a position on an organizational chart, whatever their box is that they fit in. But there are so many other people that have influence and real influence, genuine influence. And they may not necessarily be the top box or one of the higher boxes on the organizational chart. And I want to say this real quick, and I want to share this for those that are out there listening. And you would say, well, you know, Vernon, that sounds great, and that's awesome. And uh, But, you know, I've never really thought of my per- myself as really being this person that has influence or, you know, I'm just kind of a behind-the-scenes person. And so I want to give you a quick litmus test, right? Great place, again, to, to take notes. If there has ever been a major event in society, a major event in education, maybe not necessarily a major event in education on a nationwide basis, maybe a a major event in education at the state level, maybe a major event locally in your school district or your region or your organization. If you have ever had someone reach out to you by text, by phone, what have you, and ask you, hey, can you help me understand this? How do you feel about this? Can you give me some guidance on this? Can you help me process this? Can you help me, as some people would say, in different professions, can you help me unpack this? If you've ever had someone ask you those things or some facsimile thereof, you, my friend, have influence. Because I'm going to tell you this. When you have influence, that automatically means that someone has given you voice in their lives. That that is automatically what that means. So if I have influence with you, Barbara, that means (laughs) that you, Barbara, have given me a voice in your life. If you have influence with me, Barbara, which you do, that means what? Well, that means that I've given Barbara a voice in my life. And so we don't really stop to think about, hey, like if someone has given me, me as an individual, a voice in their life, that is huge. That is absolutely huge, folks. And so uh, I just encourage everyone. And, and, and as I say, I encourage also to want to include a little bit of a challenge for folks to stop and think about And really, maybe even they write down a list of folks, professionally and personally folks, of whom, in whom, in whose, I should say, to be proper grammatically, in whose lives they have a voice. Because in those individuals' lives, in those individuals' lives, in which they have a voice, they have influence. And if they have influence, they have power. You know, I'm I'm hoping that we emphasize this big on our post (laughs) because people reach out to me, but also I've reached out to others. And some people, when I reach out to them and said, I have a concern about something and I really respect your voice, they Mm. can't believe 
that someone believes in them. Mm, that's so, isn't that so powerful? I, I, to me, what I found is that I have learned so much more from the stories people tell me, or when we do these podcasts. You just mentioned something so big. I hope people rewind and listen to it again. <laughs> because, so well, it's just beautiful because knowing that some people call themselves just a teacher and they don't realize how valuable they are and how wonderful the the moments that they bring to children's lives and to their colleagues and to their families and their friends and all of that. They're not just one thing. They're a complex human being that can do so much for by just being there for someone else. I would I would surmise and and I would think, right? Um maybe not necessarily in every person's life, but um, I would surmise that I would think that in the lives of several of your listeners, they've maybe been in a situation, they've maybe been in a meeting, they've maybe been in some other space uh, where someone higher up on the organizational chart has been speaking about different things, has been sharing about different things. And um, either there in that space or maybe in another venue, um, there has been a conscious effort to reach out to someone that is not high up on an organizational chart. And um, if you're out there right now, you may be one of those individuals that say, you know what, Vernon, hey, Barbara, yeah, um, yeah uh, this person was trying to do this initiative. This person was trying to do this other initiative. They're trying to kick it off. And they reached out to me. And I was surprised that they reached out to me. Well, let me go ahead and share this with you. They reached out to you because whether they knew it or not, whether they were able to articulate this or not, they know that you have influence. And in that moment, they knew that you had influence. And what does influence do, folks? Once again, great place to take notes if you missed it before. What influence does is influence gives us the opportunity to be a voice in someone's life. And if someone lets us be a voice in their life, obviously we have to uh, be beholden to that trust and we have to honor that trust. But the other thing that it does is this, and this is a great point. It gives us the opportunity to invite people into the work that we're doing. And people want to do that willingly of their own volition and not as something that is seen as being a move that is a compliant move. And I want you guys to think about that because a lot of times different initiatives, uh, maybe they have not been as successful uh, as maybe they uh, were hoped to have been. But maybe it's not necessarily because the initiative itself was maybe not, was we would say, quote unquote, solid, but maybe because it didn't have the buy-in of different individuals. And real buy-in, folks, is when people say of their own volition, I want to be part of this. Now I'm doing this just because I don't want to be on someone's bad list or I don't want to get in quote unquote in trouble with someone. And so I just want to do this, right? It's when people willingly say of their own volition, I want to be a part of this. And I'm going to tell you this folks right now, another little litmus test for you. There are situations where there are teachers out there, some of them listening to this podcast right now. And you have been able to get more of your colleagues 
to of their own volition commit to being part of an initiative than someone has maybe that's in administration or even higher. Yeah. Colleagues, I mean, I think they really trust, if they could trust each other and respect each other and be able to open up and share why they want to be part of that initiative and why they will listen to your voice. And I think we need to give them the opportunity. That's the problem with PD right now is a lot of times we don't give teachers the opportunity to just talk to each other, plan with each other. Well, absolutely. And so I will say this right now again, uh, another place to take notes, great place to take notes if you haven't already. Uh, I feel a pro tip coming on, right? <laughs> and so I've shared this over the years in many different spaces and uh, in different speaking engagements um, locally at the regional level, state level, and beyond. And I'll share it here with your audience now, literally across the world. Uh, I ask a series of questions and have over the years uh, so what I'm getting ready to share with you has been field tested by me uh, and uh, over the years in many different spaces. And so I'll share it with your audience right now. When we talk about buy-in and we talk about different things and uh, whether PD is what teachers are really interested in, whether they're not, and whether they're just going to PD is, is really simply a compliant move out of driven by compliance. I simply ask anyone but particularly those in formal leadership positions at the campus level, the district level, regional level, state level, and beyond, I simply asked them this rhetorical question. Have they asked the question that can connect them to those that they lead? And so I've had a lot of leaders ask me, you know, in different spaces and even some that I have coached personally, well, Vernon, how how do I start with that? What is something I can do today, right after talking with you, Vernon, What is something that I can use to connect with people? And simply it is this question. And I've asked it in so many different spaces over the years. I simply walk up to someone having a conversation with them. And in the midst of the conversation, I ask them this question. What is it right now that you're working on that you're absolutely passionate about? I'll go ahead and I'll repeat that again because we know that repetition is our friend. What is it that you're working on right now that you're absolutely passionate about? And then my job has been over the years that I've asked that question is to totally be quiet and listen, listen to the person, tell you, listen to the person speak. But let me go ahead and tell you about something that's a nuance. It's a nuance, right? But it's still very significant. The person is speaking physically through an auditory manner with their mouth. But let me go ahead and give you all another little pro tip. They're speaking with their heart. And so when people are speaking, one of the things to ask yourself is, is this person speaking to me from uh, their mouth and from their head what they think, right? Or are they speaking to me from their heart? And I'm going to challenge people on this. And, and you know, if, if you find an instance where maybe it's not the case, then that's fine. But I'm going to challenge people and say this, every space where you have an authentic connection with someone that person has shared with you from their heart. And so maybe you're listening to this right now. Maybe you're a leader and you say, you know what, Vernon, I really want to have this deeper connection with people. And and I want to do that, but I don't know how. I simply say this, start with that one question. There are other questions I ask as well and have over the years, feel tested by yours truly, but simply ask them that question. I'll give it to your listeners one more time. What is it that you're working on right now in this moment? 
that you are absolutely passionate about. And I will go ahead and say this, another connection, another great resource. It's been out there for some years. So many of your listeners have probably read it and connected with it. But for those that maybe have not, I will share it. There's a book named Drive, B-R-I-V-E, by Daniel Pink. And great book. It was one of my, uh, is one of my favorite all-time books. Very impactful for me. And so what we get into in that book is that he gets into in that book is really talking about the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. And I just want to say this, folks, I want to say this. When people speak from their heart, when people talk about what they're passionate about, they're telling you where their intrinsic motivation is. Let me let me say that again. When people are telling you uh, and they're speaking to you from their heart and they're telling you what they're passionate about, they're telling you, they don't articulate it this way typically, but they're telling you implicitly, this is where my intrinsic motivation is. So then the really the follow-up question for leaders simply is this, have you connected to the intrinsic motivation? Something to think about. <laughs> that brings me back to the why again. And it also, what is really, I mean, I've been talking about passion, purpose, passion projects. Mm-hmm. Even teachers, if they model a passion project for their students, it, it opens a door. They can build those authentic connections with them and their colleagues because they come into the staff room and they go, oh my gosh, you should have seen what happened today. You know, I mean, it's like, it, it just, that when you speak from the heart, you connect to someone and you share it, it just kind of bubbles out. Everybody wants to be part of it. Absolutely. And I'm going to say this too. Uh, one of the things people will find is that when you start sharing from your heart and you start sharing about um, the things that you're absolutely passionate about, here's what happens. And a great place to take notes if you haven't already. When you start sharing of those things, those things transcend cultures. They transcend ethnicities. They transcend socioeconomic status. They transcend all of the different things that we might typically see as things that might, quote unquote, divide us. And so when we get into these different things, we find out that they don't, quote unquote, divide us. They, quote unquote, unite us. And so I really, again, just a challenge, a challenge out there to all of your listeners. And thank you all so much. So humbled to be in your learning space with you here on this podcast, I challenge you to think about, you know, do I really know where people are at in terms of what is meaningful and passionate that they're passionate about and what is meaningful to them? But not only that, do you even know where you are? Do you know what you are passionate about? Do you know what is meaningful to you? And so it gives us a great opportunity. I I used to work for uh, an administrator many, many moons ago. She has long since retired. She was a campus administrator, and she always used to use the term decision point. And it really brings us to a great decision point, and it really brings us to what I sometimes refer to in years past as a great point of reflection. And that is the opportunity to ask ourselves, do I have clarity on who I am before I ask others for clarity about who they are. Let me say that again, uh, because repetition is our friend. Do I have clarity on who I am before I start asking people for clarity about who they are? 
have I gone through that process? I just put something out on Twitter about don't rent someone else's story, own your story. <laughs> yeah. Because what happens, in fact, Oscar Wilde said, most people are other people. Because sometimes we live a life where someone recommended something to us or someone said, you're going to go to school and you're going to be a doctor or whatever. You know, they might have been doing something that someone else drove us to do that. And I think that and Daniel Pinky wrote about that too. That idea of having that clarity of who you are and your own direction is so powerful. Absolutely. And, and I want to say this um, here real quick. Um, folks may have come into this space, they've come into this episode and they're kind of like, well, you know, uh, this seemed interesting. And, you know, Barbara, typically her episodes maybe are kind of like this. And they talk a little bit about this, a little bit about that. And you might be saying, well, you know what, uh, um, Barbara, Vernon, this is a little bit different than maybe <laughs> some previous episodes. And I want to say this again in, in, a, in a great theme throughout and something that has just authentically flowed. It's no coincidence that you're here. It's no coincidence that you're listening. This really for you all that are listening to this, whether you're listening to it right after it's released, whether you're listening to this years later, there's no space and time. This is your date with destiny. And I just want to encourage people to stop and really think about their identity. Who are they? Because it's really a lot like what you just spoke to, Barbara, which is really this. And, and it's a great question. And I'll just throw this question out here right now. Are you living someone else's dreams or living yours? And I will say this, and I've been a firm believer of it over the years and will continue to be a firm believer of it. And it simply is this. Every single person on this earth has unique gifts and talents. What have you done with those? And again, are you living out someone else's dreams or are you living out your own dreams? And for that matter, you might even say, well, you know what, Vernon, man, just being absolutely authentic with you, Vernon and Barbara, I don't even know what my dreams are. I haven't mm -hmm. even stopped to even think about what are my dreams. I've just kind of been living day to day. Yeah. I will stop you and I would challenge you to really think about this. And it's so great uh, in terms of where this is happening in the calendar, because we typically know that, you know, January the 1st, New Year's, everyone comes up with New Year's resolutions and all that kind of good stuff, Right. And if that works for people, that's great. Here's what I have found over the years. Typically, by about the third week or so of January, New Year's resolutions are not really talked about anymore. And so a, there's a very, very small percentage of people that go beyond the New Year's resolutions about that third week or so of January that really go into February with really this focus on the development of who they are. Because I want to say this, and you have spoken so much to it, Barbara, from a mentorship perspective. And a mentor shared with me many, many, many moons ago. He said, you can't pour out of an empty vase. And I said, wow, what, what did you say? And he said, you can't pour out of an empty vase. You cannot pour out of an empty container. And so I understood that, you know what? I had to replenish. I had to refresh. I had to re-energize. I had to re-engage. I had to do those things for myself before I could help to elevate someone else. And that's one of the reasons why you and many others in the PLN space have really spoken to, and I think it's, it, it behooves us all, have spoken to the concept of self-care not being selfish, but really self-care being selfless. 
Let me say that again. Self-care not being selfish, but self-care being selfless. How can you say that, Vernon? I say that because self-care is selfless because if a person that is committed to elevating others, pouring into others, does self-care, that's selfless because the more that they refresh and re-energize and they replenish, it's a word we don't talk about often in modern times, replenish. If they replenish themselves, that's more that they can use to refresh and replenish others. Wow. Well, we're going to have to come up and do another one of these. <laughs> because this is, I, I, you know, this is like right up where I, I want to go because I found that it's so important for, especially because of the pandemic and everything that's happened and some of the other things with the economy. Uh, there's just so much going on that it's really concerning people. I just want to, you know, reach out and hug people and say, you know, just all the things you just said, all those pro tips, mm. we got to put the pro tips on the post. So Absolutely. everybody. Well, hashtag the right pro tips, folks. Yeah. Right with the, the right pro tips. Right with so, the, w, the right pro tips. So um, we're going to write a post together and we're going to put that up with this podcast. And uh, how can people reach you? Because I know yeah. there's a lot of, we talked about it, but I want them to be able to reach you also. Absolutely. You're so kind. You're so gracious, Barbara. Uh, so kind and so gracious. What I tell folks is across all socials, across all social media channels, uh, the handle is at sign the right leader. That's right with a W. So in all together, T-H-E-W-R-I-G-H-T-L-E-A-D-E-R, at sign the right leader. So across all of the socials, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, uh, the right leader. And I want to go ahead and say this as well for folks that might say, well, you know, Vernon, want to go ahead and connect with some of that apparel you were talking about before, Zero Apology Zone, simply go to zeroapologyzone.com. Also, too, as well, if people might say, well, you know what, Vernon, uh, I, I want to go ahead and get connected to more of those pro tips on how to become a game changer. You can go to shapetherightvision.com. I want to say this as well. If you would say, Vernon, this has been great, where you've been sharing with Barbara, and again, Barbara, wow, what an immense honor uh, this is to be on your show, reaching literally around the world. Um, you might say, well, you know what, this has been great. I would like to see more of the podcast appearances that you've been on and listen to more of them. I would be so grateful and honored if you chose to do that. Simply go to the right speaker.com. So the T H E, right? W R I G H T, speaker, S P E A K E R. Dot com. Go to the rightspeaker.com and you will see a variety of different appearances that I've made on different podcasts, as well as once upon a time when I had my own online leadership show. So immensely grateful to be here with you all today. And um, really, I want to say this uh, as we get ready to kind of close out and bring this um, to a wrap. Uh, I'm just so humbled and so honored to share with you all and to engage in the discourse and to engage in the conversation with you all. And my hope is that something that I have said, something that I have shared today reaches you right where you are in your life, professionally or personally. What I found in coaching different individuals over the years, different professionals over the years, 
uh, is that typically when we start talking about something professionally, it has an overlap into their personal lives. But my hope is that something I have shared today connects with you right where you are this second as you're listening in time to your professional or personal life or both. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do every day. Thank you for being out there. Thank you for really pouring into the profession, really elevating kids and really just showing up every single day. Because I will say this, and I shared this uh, with a colleague earlier today, a leadership colleague earlier today. If people don't show up, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have anything. I'm a great fan of technology. Technology is great. All of these other things are great that we have, you know, whiz bang, so forth, so on. I mean, it's, it's great, right? But never forget this, folks. If you don't have people, you don't have anything. And, and that really leads me to share this final thought with you all and with your audience. Never forget the power of an authentic connection. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. I just had the most authentic connection with you, Vernon. Thank you so much. You're so gracious. Oh, this has been a gift. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. This is Barbara Bray. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Learning Podcast and my conversation with Vernon Wright. Make sure you check out the blog post on barbabray.net that goes with this podcast because it includes his bio, amazing pro tips, links that Vernon mentioned, and his contact information. Please subscribe to my podcast, and it would be so awesome if you wrote a review. You can also subscribe to my website at barbabray.net to receive updates, more inspirational podcasts, and a link to resources, stories, my books, and more. Thanks again for listening. Keep sharing your story and please stay safe and be well.